and welcome to the Non-Perfect Christian Talk Show. So, of course, you've got Sludge here, which you all are familiar with. You are also familiar with Mighty Micah sitting across from me. <laughs> How's it going, guys? So that's what I'm calling you from now on, Mighty Micah. <laughs> I like that. And then we were actually joined on this new show uh, by a third host, none other than Smoke and Sarah, which only I'm allowed to say because <laughs> she's my wife. But Sarah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So we've got a cool new show for you guys, and we've been promoting it on the uh, other Sludgecast episodes. This one's going to be quite a bit different yeah. than what we've been doing. You know, we've been doing just podcast shows of pop culture and movie <laughs> reviews. And while you will get some pop culture movie reviews mm -hmm. in this show, um, it will not be so much focused on that. Uh, the non-perfect Christian talk show um, episodes will, of course, deal with real-world news and what we are facing on the daily that will be in every episode. Of course, we'll throw three songs at you every episode so that we get some good music in. We'll have an entertainment section for you uh, where we'll review uh, newly released or upcoming movies and shows to let you know, hey, is this appropriate for my family to view? Yeah. Yeah. For us to, to, to watch this as a Christian because uh, this is a Christian-centered show if it's you know not apparent in the name. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the third part of the show is going to be a devotional time, something we could call in the deep dive. And we may be just doing a devotional on a certain subject, or we may deep dive into a big topic that right. may be pushy, controversial, or interesting. You know, yeah. we may yeah. discuss, hey, why did God separate their tongues at the Tower of Babel? Or, hey, is murder really wrong? Uh, how can I be a soldier and do that? You know, at the same right. time, you know, tons of different things. Yeah. So we're pretty stoked about that. Um, and then, of course, we'll have guests on as we continue the show. I actually lined up a guest right now, a guy who wants to come on and do his testimony. He's uh, pretty excited about it. Uh, a friend of ours from our church called Reese Everett. Um, pretty stoked, actually. Yeah. This, yeah. I'm going to tell him good. the cost of coming on the show, though, is going to be a <laughs> burger. So he's yeah, going to fly to Texas hey, first. I'll take it. He might, though. I mean, because he works in Texas. I mean, um, so pretty stoked about the show. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy it. Um, of course, you know, we bring us to you uh, right now monthly, but may quickly move to bi-monthly. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We hope yeah. you guys definitely enjoy it. Um, and we'll just jump right into things, man. Now that you guys kind of know what's going on and what to expect, uh, we definitely want to state, I mean, the biggest thing in, uh, about the show is the, the what it's called, Non-Perfect Christian Talk Show. And that's because none of us are perfect. No, absolutely not. We're all filthy rags. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we fall daily. We just strive to be more Christ-like. And we want to keep a show that's real, that's honest, and where we come from right. as far as a Christian. Yeah. Because especially here in America today, <laughs> we, we, we know, and we're just going to be real and just come, up out, come out with it, or I am. Um, you know, I mean, there's a, a, a new movement of Christianity, progressive Christianity mm -hmm. as it's called, that's really kind of moved a lot away from scripture and yeah. what it, you know it's honesty and uh it, it th that doesn't need to happen um so we're gonna be pretty you know on boldly on the scripture oh, yeah. um and but we're also going to let you know we love you and we love everybody and we are not perfect we mess up every single day so how as a christian who messes up every day do we get through day to day and right. uh, that's what it's about man it's about transformation by renewal um that's in, from romans and that's renewing your mind constantly we right. are spending time constantly in the word and in prayer and uh and then knowing how do we face the daily challenges that we got to face and that's what we're going to be doing with every show hopefully we'll keep it interesting what do you think sarah <laughs> yeah it sounds like it'll be fun to talk about well, I hope it is. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll at least have fun. Yeah, definitely. So let's, um, <clears throat> real quick, let's jump into the news. Now, this is the beginning of 2021, and I know a lot of us was hoping 
you know, the craziness of 2020 would have just been over with, but <laughs> we see how well that's gone so far in the first half of month uh, in January. So a lot's happened, obviously. Um, we know we just went through the election and it's looking like Biden is, you know, he is the president elect and um, he will be um, becoming president about the 20th, yes. right? yeah. 20th, uh, this is the inauguration. So there's been, but there's been a lot going on. You know, Capitol Hill is definitely keeping us busy yeah. um, with everything. And the first thing, of course, um, that we talked about is, is they just, the House Democrats and 10 Republicans yes. um, just filed uh, a single article of impeachment against Trump. So that's the second time that he's been attempted to be impeached. Now, of course, we don't, you know, well, I guess, you know, by the House rules, he's been impeached because they accepted it. It's just whether or not, you know, the Senate will pass it is going to be the big thing there. Um, so that, of course, is on the news everywhere. And he may be the first, I don't know, of any of the presidents that's been impeached twice. I think he's the only one. Hey, if the man does anything, he does it the first time and he does it right. <laughs> you know, he just, he goes all the way for the fence, man. He's he's like, I'm going to hit home run. It's going out the park. He's definitely done with this one. Uh, with two of them. It's interesting, I think, with this uh, impeachment because unfortunately and sadly, we all know what happened on Capitol Hill um, with the riots. Um, and unfortunately, five people have lost their life yeah. because of it. And uh, there's a lot going back and forth. Um, you know, we won't get into conspiracy theories or things like that on this show, but um, there's a lot of finger pointing and uh, what's happened, what you know hasn't happened. But that's the that's the course of what's caused the impeachment yeah. that they've come to. I, I printed off a copy. It's the HRS 24. Um, they filed it January 13th, and it's an incitement of insurrection. Um, and it's I find it interesting. Um, because they do state things uh, in regards to Trump in here. This is these are the quotes that um, they're pretty much impeaching him on. Okay, that that the things that he stated. Um, he you know goes on in the second paragraph. Uh, there he reiterated at a speech because he was speaking to all the protesters and and the the Trump supporters there um, that uh, he reiterated the false claims that we won this election and we won it by a landslide. Um, of course, you know how much true that is to a false claim, but um, he also willfully made statements that in context encouraged, I like how they said in context here, right? encouraged and foreseeably resulted in lawless action at the Capitol, such as if you don't like, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. anymore. Thus incited by President Trump, members of the crowd he addressed in an attempt to among other objectives, interfere with the joint session's solemn constitutional duty to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election. Unlawfully breached and vandalized the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. We know what happened. <laughs> so they're pretty much blaming Trump for stating, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Right. I mean, really? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I, there's I think, been times I've stated for, for Trump. Like, I mean, I, I voted for him in, you know, the first time around 2016. Right. I voted for him again. I, yeah. And it's been a rough couple weeks for me, honestly. Right. Because I have been brutally attacked by a lot of friends on social media, mm -hmm. um, especially from the left, um, yeah. which drives me nuts because they're Democratic friends, they're liberal friends, not all of my Democratic liberal friends, but some of them. Right. Um, and I defend them, you know, through and through because they're my friends. Oh, know? yeah. And, but it's been, it's been crazy to see the coin flip, you mm -hmm. know, against me here because, you know, since I voted for Trump, it's instant, you know, I'm in a Trump cult and I'm a yeah. white supremacist and it's, it's ridiculous. Because I'm not any of those things. I voted for policy. Yeah. Uh, because I agree with his policies a lot more than I do Biden's or did Sanders or anybody else's. 
But um, I have multiple times spoke against Trump, mm-hmm. mainly because of his Twitter account and the yes. things he says. Yes. Um, if anything, the dude, while I love how bold he is, there's been plenty of times where it's like, man, you could have stated that better. Or maybe <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. Okay. You are the president. Let's act and talk like a president at times. Right. Would be. So, I mean, there's times where he definitely has, I don't think he's incited the violence. No. But he hasn't helped tone the fuel down um, with some of his rhetoric. Um, now, as far as incitement of insurrection based off of stating if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. For how long did he state if you want to fight, you've got to vote? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you it's I mean? the same thing carrying over. And when you read the actual speech, because I have not honestly watched Trump talk since October, mm-hmm. you know, and the only time I've actually read anything was in reference to the Georgia call. Right. Um, and I read the transcript of that call, which again, I don't, you know, in context, he didn't tell him, find me these <laughs> votes now. Um, but I did read the transcript of his speech mm-hmm. the other day, and I probably should have just listened because, man, that was a long speech. We know how long-winded he could be. <laughs> um, in context, he'd never incited violence. No. He talked about voicing. He even stated multiple times, two times in the speech to, for peacefully protesting. Yes. Um, so, um, you know, in my opinion, when it comes to this impeachment, uh, it's a load of crap. And, oh, absolutely. You, know, you can hear me. <laughs> All right, Pelosi. <laughs> what? It all right, Pelosi. Oh no, I pulled a Pelosi. How could I? <laughs> I don't think that it's a call to action, but there have been people on the de- Democratic side that have put out calls to action mm-hmm. for violence, and nothing's happened to them. Yes, I 100% agree. Yeah, it's it's aggravating. Something I've been talking about with a lot of friends here lately is it's it's accountability. Both well, sides need to stop pointing the finger. America yeah. is quickly becoming a cancel culture society, and I think we're already quickly. there. Yeah, we're there. There's um, no question about it. You know when. When you can watch uh, a three films of Star Wars and get upset that it's not the way it went and you want them out of the canon of the universe, then... Yeah, yeah, that's like, pretty That's bad. somebody's creative work. And if we're bickering over that, we have much larger problems as a nation. Oh, like, That's just something simple to kind of keep everybody in the loop of, uh, of something simple of cancel culture right there. Let alone this impeachment. Like, Well, I mean, it boils down to cancel culture. What we're seeing is, is if you don't agree with me, then I'm canceling you. Exactly. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what our country is based off of or how it was built. We're all, we have freedom, mm-hmm. you know, and our, for our, our part of our freedoms is, is being able to have a different opinion. You know, I, there's tons of memes you see all the time where it's like, you, you know, that I see of people, you know, it boils down to we can have a different opinion. doesn't mean I'm going to hate you. Right. And that's the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do I have friends where I'm very much pro abor or, or pro life? Right. You know, not pro- I'm totally against abortion. Right. Do I have friends who support abortion? Yes. Do I treat them differently? No. That's their opinion. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Christian, above anything, the number one commandment that Jesus gives us is is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I mean, we got to love more than anything else. So that and, I, and we're not judging judges mm-hmm. either. That's God's job. Okay. So whatever my belief is, uh, I'm going to love you. You can mm-hmm. have a difference of opinion. Yeah. We're, you know, that's what God tells us to do. And we're freaking America. Yeah. You know, if you want to go and decide to color yourself pink and name yourself a flamingo, you apparently have that right in this country at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the that's the freedom that we have here. Mm-hmm. And cancer culture is destroying that. Absolutely. Um, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the colleges. The professors are pushing they're indoctrinating these young people to think like them instead of teaching them 
how to think for themselves. Yes. Yeah. And then it goes, trickles down into the media and everything. And then everybody's just well, it, watching you know, it. We don't have any Walter Cronkites anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I remember, and, you know, of course, now as a kid, I remember Walter uh, because he, you know, he retired a few years after me, you know, being born. But I remember him on the evening news and he came and he brought the news black and white. No Such opinion. as it is. Yeah. Yeah. No opinion. No, this is what you need to think about it. Oh, here's what happened. Now you decide. Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got, unfortunately, yes, and especially in the education system, uh, teaching children and, and college-age students, wh- this is how you're supposed to act mm-hmm. or how you're supposed to think or what you're supposed to feel. And unfortunately, that's where we are. And uh, because of that, Trump can say, hey, protest peacefully. Hey, go vote. Hey, make sure you fight like hell. He incited violence. Yeah. Come on, really? <laughs> like, I'm not going to disagree that he's definitely not. He could have done a better job in some of his speeches as far as toning things down. Tact is not his. Strength. No, not a strong suit. You know what I mean? Um, he, you know, he helped flare things. Oh yeah. But so has so many people on the other side. You know, Maxine Waters. You know, Cynthia Johnson. Well, uh, Don Lemon. Oh my yeah. gosh! Like mm-hmm. he just called you know all conservatives you know KKK members pretty yeah. much of the day. Yeah. But there's no accountability there for them. And that's the problem we're having right now. I was talking to some liberal friends of mine, and, and we had agreed that that's the biggest problem is there's no accountability on either side. It's pointing the fingers at the other side mm-hmm. immediately. And both sides need to own up to the faults that mm-hmm. they've done and then say, okay, let's hold ourselves accountable here. And then we, maybe we can actually fix this thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think more people need to recognize that Fox News is not – this great entity because they say things they shouldn't say as well. Oh my they gosh, put their yes. opinions on it as well. Oh, uh, gosh, the five. I was talking, I was talking to my liberal friends about this too. Mm-hmm. Greg Gutfield. I can't stand that man. Like, at all. I, I don't know if it's, I, well, I don't like the tone of his voice, but it's like, if anybody incites anything on the conservative side, it's definitely Greg Gutfield. And I can't stand him for that. You know, I mean, he says things, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, show some respect or think a little bit before you speak. Um, and he's a Fox News host, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't watch him. I do not watch that segment of Fox because I disagree with the way he handles or things or how what he says, um, and that's okay because he's a conservative, and that's fine. <laughs> that doesn't mean I got to agree with him. So so that's a big thing. Is So we'll see where it goes because it'll be interesting because McConnell stated he's not bringing this in the back for the trial right. until after the inauguration, and then it's like, uh, then you can't really <sighs> impeach him because he's no longer president. What's so, the point? Yeah, what's the point in it? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. You know, it's got to, they're doing it for some reason. Another big thing that we saw, big tech completely killed Parler. Yeah. You know, Apple and um, Twitter, pretty much. What's uh, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Twitter and Facebook pulled Trump and they're paying for it because Facebook just lost $53 billion. Yeah. Twitter's uh, stock has plummeted. Yep. Yeah, they lost like $3.1 billion in the mm-hmm. first couple of days, um, which is just, Again, it's absurd, and it's part of this cancel culture deal, and it's aggravating. And, and how do we need to understand to take this? Because you know, we can give you our opinions. Is you know, they they blocked Trump for things he said because he's the president. They did not block the Iranian leader when he called against the murdering of American yeah. people. You know, what I mean, on Twitter, not Facebook. Yeah, right. Facebook is at least better than Twitter about blocking. <laughs> I will give them that. Um, but it, you know, now the big thing is is big tech. Uh, Apple, especially, and Google shut. They did. They they collectively shut down Parler, mm-hmm. which Parler was supposed to be a free speech platform that a lot of conservatives moved to. And and I understand the concerns 
as far as inciting violence because oh, yeah. I don't I didn't use parlor. I didn't get onto it. I didn't I have an to. opportunity, yeah. Um but yeah, I didn't get the opportunity. <laughs> but I I know talking to people because I reached out to people about, hey, you know, you what was your experience like on parlor? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people was like, this violence stuff that they're talking about was no different than what we saw on Facebook. You know, they saw just as many people posting about Bible verses or, you know, normal things in their family or their concerns as a conservative. Mm-hmm. But as far as pushing violence and hate and white supremacy, they, they're like, we never really saw much of that. Exactly. But because it was being used heavily by white supremacist groups, I guess like QAnon and things like that. Right. Those freaking nut jobs. Um, I can, it's my show. I can call them nut jobs. <laughs> so um, they shut them down. And that, that's a big problem for me. Oh, yeah. And we should be concerned as Christians because, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, just because it's shutting it down, you know, they're companies and they can, but it's not, you know, breaking any freedoms. It's not silencing people. Yes, it is. Everything happens with a footstep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A door opening. You know, the, it, things don't change or regimes don't come into power or laws aren't made immediately and instantaneously. It takes steps to get there. Mm-hmm. And this is just a step in what's happening. You know, I mean, Marcus Rogers, who's a pastor that we listen to on YouTube, um, he's been banned on Facebook for nothing relating to violence or even what's going on in Washington right now. He was banned because of Christian views mm-hmm. that he stated. Um, this is not saying, okay, they're going to start banning everybody immediately for their conservative views or their Christian views, but this is definitely the beginning, I think. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we need to be concerned about as far as Christians is how do we deal or what do we, you know I mean? It's it's going to come to a point, you know, I've stated this in many discussions before with other people, is people are like, oh, Christians aren't persecuting America. It's starting. Yes, yes, they are. Because of cancel culture, you as a Christian can't state I'm, you know, pro or pro life, right? Because that's you know that now violence is language, you know, is is you know, violence is no longer just physical. Now it's you know it's words and emotions. You hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings. You so now I can violence. punch you in the face. Is yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It. Yeah. Um. So they've you know we've built this culture now, this cancel culture to do that. That yes, now Christians are being attacked and persecuted. Um, for their beliefs. Right. But then again, that's been the growth of progressive Christianity mm-hmm. is that version of Christianity is going to be acceptable and okay. But if you stay true to the word and you're not a progressive Christian, you are a Christian, a Christian, Christian, Christian. Okay. <laughs> you are going to be canceled. Yeah. That's what, that's what's coming. And you yeah. just need to be aware and prepared for that. Um, but hey, that's big tech killing parlor is a huge step. But we're going to see what happens. I mean, there's been a lot of other places pop up, uh, apps like uh, MeWe. MeWe is pretty cool. MeWe mm-hmm. signals another one. I somebody told me about another one the other day too, and I can't remember. Um, so there's more people coming, and people are, are moving because honestly, people don't want to be silenced like that, oh, especially absolutely. in America. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, what if anything they should have said, okay, parlor, you've got to step up your security protocols and get these violent posts removed right. like Facebook or Twitter is supposed to do. You know what I mean? Not shut them down entirely because yeah. where those, you know, white supremacist groups want to go to uh, Facebook. <laughs> I was censored twice just in my Facebook messenger. Uh, I think it was once, was it today or yesterday? And then a few days ago, I was See, just once sending, today. Yeah. I was sending me um, him a couple of links. Uh-huh. 
and it said something. I can't remember what it said. Something about violence, and it didn't have anything to do with violence. I know. And then I well, found, no, it did. I mean, you were trying to show me videos of how they butcher chickens for KFC wings. <laughs> no, well, really. and then I, really. I found a the website for Antifa. Even though they say it's just an idea. No, it's a group. Oh, yeah. I found their website and shared the link in Facebook Messenger and didn't get flagged for that. And that's some pretty that's insightful convenient. stuff on that page, let me tell you, because I didn't oh, get yeah. a chance to check that out. Convenient. It, it's, you know, if you're going to do this, you do it across the board or don't do it at all. You know what I mean? When it comes to the big tech companies, that's yeah. the way it needs to be. Um, but unfortunately, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, because, yeah, they just took Parler down. Parler's going to try and get... Alternate servers after Amazon pulled them, but it looks like that's not happening. So right. um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're not, you know, harping on your freedoms. This is the step. You just, it's, they're getting there. Had cancel culture had to start first, had to start in the colleges, had to become a thing to, you know, and you had to start saying violence is not just physical, violence is you hurt my feelings by something you said. So now that's considered violence and hate speech. Now we've moved on to we can shut down a social media site mm -hmm. for that said thing. Right. It'll be interesting. So, all right, next piece of news. Uh, this one I'm not a fan of, but it happened. And uh, Tennessee Democratic Congressman, unfortunately, I live in Tennessee, Steve Cohen introduced HJ Res 14. What is that? What are you talking about, sludge? Um, that's proposing an amendment in the Constitution to abolish the Electoral College. No. <laughs> okay, it's there for a reason. And I've heard people say, yeah, but that was 200 years ago. And, you know, people in... You know, Vermont didn't know, you know, who the president, you know, the the person running for if they were in California because they didn't have TVs and could see everybody. I, I get that. Mm -hmm. But we have kept vote level as far as the number of electoral votes each state gets has been changed multiple times in the past to make sure it stays fair because New York should not dictate how North Dakota's ran. Oh, absolutely. Or Oklahoma. Just like, you know, North Dakota shouldn't dictate how New York's ran, okay? Or Oklahoma. I mean, those are farm the Midwest. That's farming and cattle, okay? Totally different than New York, which is more industrial. Mm -hmm. They should, you know, it needs to be fair. Everyone needs to have a fair voice. And so removing the Electoral College causes a lot of big problems. The one biggest of that is, is making sure things are fair um, across the board. Um, and it prevents some certain things happening like we may have possibly seen uh, this time around. But um, that's coming. So uh, that was the first, you know, the first meeting of Congress was to say, you can't say father, mother, sister, brother anymore. It's illegal. Um, you just reminded me of something. What? When that man came up and prayed over, was it the house? And at the end, he said, oh, man, amen woman. and a woman. Okay, so let's address that real quick since that happened. Um, Christians, uh, don't get butt hurt. Okay, <laughs> I'm going ahead and tell you this is sludge, and I'm, we're going to keep it raw and real. Don't get butt hurt over that. Um, was he wrong? Yes, and he made himself like a fool. Yes. Why? Because amen is not a gender related term, <laughs> and that is a Hebrewish term that means so be it. Okay, so if I'm talking to you, Micah, oh, yeah. and I'm like, hey man, um, can you make sure you're here? Uh, Monday at nine o'clock for the first the meeting for the second episode, and you say yes. You just said amen. <laughs> that, that's what you did. You yeah. know what I mean, like oh, yeah. that's what it is. It's it's so be it. It's not even a gender term. So they tried to make a gender term, and it just turned out stupid as as all as all get out. Oh, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. if anybody needs to be mad 
it needs to be Jewish people. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you just took one of my term, my one of my words, right, and tried to change it for something that's not supposed to be, and it's been my word for thousands of years. Um, that you know, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, he also said that he was calling on, like, saying that God, like, he called on a different God and all this stuff yeah, during the prayer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he tried to be very. Let me hit every world religion in one prayer yeah. and make everybody happy. Universal. That's what it was. I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, it's getting crazy out there. As a Christian, you understand. This is but hey, you know what? The good thing is is that the Bible is accurate, the Bible is true, and the Bible said this is going to happen. And it's been happening. Um, but so be aware. I mean, they're coming after the electoral electoral college next. And unfortunately, a congressman from Tennessee is doing it and it makes me <laughs> very upset. sad. Yes, it does, because we are from East Tennessee. Um, last piece of news, Biden finally unveiled his major plan uh, as far as <laughs> saving us from the virus and fixing the economy. Uh, I totally don't agree with most of what he does because uh, I didn't vote for him for policy. And one of those is economy mm-hmm. uh, because uh, him and Obama ruined it. Yes. Um, and I don't want them to do it again. Um, but he unveils a $1.9 trillion plan. Um, and, and of course, this is going to cover faster distribution of the vaccine. Bailouts for Democratic, you know, blue, you know, blue states and blue cities. Um, but I mean, there's stuff for you know getting the schools back opened and and this big huge plan. One point nine trillion is way too much. Oh, absolutely. I, and, and I've talked about this too, public or openly. I didn't agree with the last bailout or the last you know stimulus package. I understand people are hurting, but the way to fix that is open the freaking doors. Yes. Let us open back our restaurants. Oh no, we can't do that. Don't give me that. If you don't, be- if you believe we shouldn't be opening our doors to spread the virus because you're liberal or you're democratic or whatever, maybe okay. I understand the concern, but now Andrew Cuomo and Ms. Lightfoot's like, no, we need to open back up. Really? What just changed? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, um, we need to to of course and you know be cautious and be safe and take you know, precautions when it comes to this virus. But we've got to open back up to grow the economy, not throw money, not borrow money and throw money at us. That's, you know, let's just increase our deficit. And yeah. Trump did a decent job at increasing the deficit. Thankfully, not tons from, you know, but he's dealt with the pandemic too, you know, <laughs> but I don't think $1.9 trillion is a good idea. Um, does he have, you're going to hear it from me for the first time here. Some things in this package. That's a good idea. Yes. Oh yeah. I oh, mean, no, Chase just sludge, sludge agreed. Sludge said Biden's doing something. Okay. Yeah, some of the stuff he's got in this package is okay. Oh, yeah. And it's a good idea, you know, especially for helping with the schools. Exactly. And, uh, you know, getting the vaccine out, the money that we're throwing there, that, that's really good. And so I'm in agreement to some of this, but man, $1.9 is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to just bankrupt ourselves at some point. So It's saying that he's wanting to give each American that's eligible $1,400 as well as raise the federal minimum wage up to $15 per hour. Uh, How are you going to do that when we're not opening the... Um, It's going to bankrupt our country. That's my thing. And I feel that, um, you know, there'll be more people reliant on the system, you know, bigger government. going and working for yourself. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, You know... that the, there needs to be help given. The government's there to help when needed, not right. control everything and and do everything for you. Um, you know what I mean? So, like when they said, you know, two thousand dollars is what you know Trump even came out and stated for that last team. I'm like, are you nuts? Like, are you doing this just because you want to piss everybody off right before you leave? <laughs> you know, it's like two thousand. No, that's crazy. Six hundred. Okay, yeah. You know, what I mean, I'm a, you know, I, people need help. 
and we need to. Yeah. You know, but we also need to be responsible and think about what we're doing um, and how to better correct this. You know, I mean, um, uh, I can't remember his name. He's, an, he's the, uh, an economic advisor. I just read an article earlier today that he was talking about this plan and package and raising the $15 million minimum hour, you know, minimum wage up to 15. He literally was talking about it and he's one of the guys that we go to and he's, you know, he, he's an, he's an economist. I mean, he, he's who we go to, to learn these things. I need to, should have pulled his name up and thought about it. But he talked about if we just remove the payroll tax for one year, one year, the 7.5% payroll tax from employers and from employees for one year, that will not affect the government budget and it will do more than what Biden's trying to do here. Why don't we just do that? I mean, let's remove that. It's too simple. I know. It's, way it's, too, it's too, that, do it. Uh, we don't know. We'll get there, but you know what? It doesn't matter because ultimately God's in control and there's things that's going to aggravate everybody on both sides and we'll we'll see. I just yeah. don't think it's a good move. No. Well, and you know, with the $15 an hour, they won't be able to work as many people or they're going to have to shut their doors. These yeah. small businesses. Um, or as many hours per person. Right. Especially now. And then what about the people that make $15 an hour or maybe just a couple of dollars more and they've worked their tails off for years of this job to finally make that much money and then they make that the federal minimum wage, but then they don't give you a raise. Yeah. Well, and things that people don't think about either as well is, is okay, yay, I'm going to make $15 an hour cutting a pizza. Okay, fine. But now when you go get gas or you go buy a candy bar. <laughs> or when or you, people go buy that pizza. <laughs> yeah, or go buy that pizza. Those prices are going to raise. It's called inflation. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You don't, we don't just magically poop out the additional money to pay somebody $15 an hour. It's got to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And in order for a door to, or a business to keep their doors open, they have to raise the price of product yeah. to be able to sustain that type. So you're in the same scenario anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of businesses, especially now, they are. They're going to have to close their doors because they're not going to be able to afford $15 an hour. When there's no business coming in, anyways, they're not doing it now at 7:25. How are they going to do it there? You know, there's no stimulus. The stimulus package looks a little too scary too. If you've looked at the stimulus, the stimulus package portion of this, as to what we've seen, you know, eight, eight years ago, but right. whatever. So it'll be interesting. You know, uh, just you know, pay attention to what's going on. It's crazy right now, um, but it's okay. We actually have got something very important to talk to you about later on in the show in regards to what's happening. Um, and, uh, I think it'll benefit you guys. Oh, absolutely. Greatly. Yeah. So, um, but we'll keep bringing you the news of what's going on and yes, we'll put our little opinions in on it because guess what? It's our show, <laughs> but you know what? No matter what, I mean, y- you may be dealing with this and maybe talking to people about these situations, what's going on and see what's going on. And it may make you mad, may make you happy. No matter what, whoever you're dealing with, make sure you're treating them with love. If exactly. it makes you mad, but it makes your best friend happy, don't attack that person. Mm-hmm. They have the right to the, you know, their opinion, but we've got to come together on all sides and figure out yeah. how to clean this mess up because we're in a big mess. So, all right. So coming up next is going to be the entertainment section. We're going to review what is upcoming or what has just came out. But before we do that, we're going to hit you guys with a little bit of music. Hopefully you enjoy it. Of course, now this is a sludge cast show. And we know how much sludge likes rock. So we're going to start off with something a little heavy. Some good friends of mine who I have had the honor of sharing the stage with a few times over the years, a band called Nine Lashes. This is their, well, it was the first single they released last year for their upcoming record. It's fixing to drop. Uh, Love it. They've got a couple albums out, but this is Nine Lashes with Guilty Hands.
And that was Nine Lashes with Guilty Hands. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, I'm pulling the reins back. I'm letting go. This is, this <laughs> this is a time. rarity. Wow. Yeah. This is my turn to take a break and just run my mouth as a listener. Man, I feel important. <laughs> you do. <laughs> it is Micah's turn with the entertainment review section. Okay, guys. Uh, so the big part of what we're wanting to do with this entertainment review is to make sure films, TV shows, and other forms of media are appropriate from a Christian standpoint for your family to view, for your kids to watch. And uh, it's really just about keeping your family in a safe place about what you watch and what we take in, because what we take in is what most of the time we're putting out. And so that's a, that's a big part of what we're wanting to do here. My mama said garbage in, garbage out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, So tonight for me, my part of this, I know Sledge might have a few things he wants to add in show wise. Um, We'll be reviewing Wonder Woman, uh, 1984. Uh, movie came out just recently in 2020 uh christmas day uh rated pg-13 and uh before i start with my thoughts do you two have any opening thoughts on this or oh my gosh i love this movie oh i agree (laughs) i loved this movie i agree i felt like and i don't want to run a rant here because we know i do movies all the time (laughs) but i felt like i was watching a 1980s an 80s flick and and for those who know me know i watch a lot of 80s movies (laughs) that was you know my childhood um and 90s as well but like the every from the very beginning mm-hmm. of this film, the first action sequence, everything looked like an eighties film. Everything the action sequences looked like an eighties action sequence. Yeah. The acting is even like eighties dialogue. Goofy, like, yeah. That yeah, yeah. it was the perfect eighties film. So I was in love with this movie the whole way through. I still think the first one's better. Oh, I agree. But this one entertained me on a level that a superhero movie has not entertained me yet so right. far. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'm not really into superhero movies, but I really liked this one. It, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, she was even like, she was like, I like this. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Did hell freeze over? <laughs> I watch just like the superhero movie. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I guess the one thing you could tell about this movie is it was really meant to be a summer release. It, it had that fun little. Absolutely. That, that not necessarily a blockbuster film, but it was meant to be a a, a good money pull for the summer of for DC. Uh, this is the first film that DC, the DC universe has released since Justice League. Am I correct in saying that? Aquaman. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Aquaman. Um, so for the show on this part, we're going to be doing the positives and negatives of this show, except we're not going to be biased like Plugged In is. Well, yeah. Because we, <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we called you out. <laughs> plugged In. You used to be awesome. Don't know what happened to you. Uh, yeah. They're uh, still okay, but they're pretty much like, they're just a, they're like, they went from being a really great Christian review sign yeah. for, your, for your family to the 
they're pretty much just a long-winded old woman version of the parental guide section of IMDb. <laughs> That's really what they've become at this point. So, yeah, there probably was not a better way to put that. Love you all at Plugged In. You guys do still do a great job for what you do. It's just I miss the old way you do it. Yeah. You, yeah, you really do miss it. I agree. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the positives. Uh, for the positives for me, the moral of this movie, I think, was amazing. Giving up what you love for the greater good, uh, self-sacrifice, uh, unselfishness. And I think that speaks a lot to what, you know, maybe they were trying to go for in this era we're in, in, in time and in our country that, hey, sometimes giving up what you want is better for something down the road. Because as you see, uh, well, I can't do spoilers. Dang it. Well, you can yeah. give a little bit. It's but okay. you see, Diana gives up Steve and ends up moving into another relationship at the end of the movie. With the same guy Steve was taking over. But well, we were hinted at that. Hinted at it. I hope it does happen. That'd be kind of cool. But it does hint at it. Well, I mean, that, that's a big thing, too, about about this. If I could put you know, my little two cents here. Oh, yeah, no. It is for, show. for the very, very... <laughs> yeah, it is my For the younger audience, um, 80s was known as the decade of excess. Mm-hmm. Everything was an excess, whether it would be the style of clothes you wore, uh, you know, how much food you are. I mean, everything. I mean, and of course, a lot of it was the partying, uh, drugs and things like that. But oh, yeah. I mean, spending money, consumerism was at its peak in the 80s. And so, I mean, it was the a, the decade of excess. And this movie nailed that. You're mm-hmm. right about giving things up because you can't get enough of what oh, you yeah. want, especially with the main villain mm-hmm. um, who Pedro Pascal plays brilliantly. Oh, yes, I have you things know, to he's say still, about him. Yeah, he's phenomenal in it. Um, he He handled that character great. Because you're like, oh, well, he's just really wanting the best. Right. But then you realize how quickly that becomes bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and they even reference that the uh, the the God of Lies, uh, the Greek mm-hmm. God of Lies. Oh, I don't remember his name. Um, but that quickly turns into lies, turns into excess. And it plays off of each other very well. Um, so for us, the lesson for me was giving up your desires. Oftentimes is hard, but it can lead to something better. Um, I found this personally to be the most relatable DCEU film uh, because you look Agreed. at Man of Steel, it's Superman. You can't really relate to Superman. No, like that's this why he is, sucks. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> this is Diana like losing her powers, giving up something that's important to her, and then eventually letting go of what is truly important to her to gain everything back that she knew she was meant to have. Yeah, kind of and save the world. Um, and and her speech at the end about letting go and, and get like just because you know what's right was just it was really moving. Uh, to be honest, it was. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, for me, the standing out actors in this were Pedro Pascal and Chris Pine. I think they both were Chris just. Chris Pine steals the show. At no every what time. he's in. Even that moments of Spider Verse that he's in when he plays Peter Parker. Like, he's, oh, it's awesome. Okay. But yeah, no, Pedro Pascal in his first, like, it, for me, his first real Hollywood blockbuster film. Right. I think he was phenomenal. We all know him from Mandalorian, but I think he really portrayed a, a villain because that's what I was really worried about. Like, yeah. I never could see him as a villain, but he portrayed him very well, and it was believable, too. Yeah, a polar opposite of Mando. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Polar opposite. So, I mean, he did exactly. really, really well. Exactly. Uh, and, as always, Gal Gadot was great as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Never will have any complaints about her. On the negative side for me, there really wasn't much that I disliked about this film or found wrong with the film. Uh, Kristen Wiig seems to be the biggest point of controversy in the film, whether they developed her character too quickly or she wasn't fleshed out enough. Um, that's the big I, controversy. There was a pretty quick one. jump to yeah. get her there, but I think once they got her there, they rode that character development really well. Right. 
So I don't have I don't complain. My only complaint for the, actually the whole movie is kind of about Kristen, but not really Kristen herself. Uh-huh. It's this it's the special effects for Cheetah. Right. Uh, once she was more snow leopard looking than an actual cheetah. So and I hate that design for the character. Um, but I felt like, and while that last fight sequence is amazing, um, I felt like it was Gal Gadot versus a cartoon. Right. So I, I agree. You know, maybe that was doing with the budget because of COVID, whatever. But um, she looked way more boss throughout the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, just forget the hair. Don't even give me the cheetah outfit. Like she's awesome right now. Yeah. Um, that um, she was definitely. When when it came to the cheetah part, the special effects was just very subpar. I thought. Oh yeah, I this. agree. I agree, and uh, that kind of spills over into. I want to break down, uh, kind of like IMDb does with frightening images, sexual content, uh, violence, and nudity. Yeah. For each of us. Um, so we're gonna start with um, frightening images and whatnot. I think for younger kids, especially, cheetah could be one of the only things that really is "quote unquote" scary about this film. Especially with she's the gonna bad remind CGI. you of all your moms. Wow. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, um, that for especially for younger kids, um, just the the nighttime setting and how she's kind of stalking around that. Right, I could see that becoming. But other than that, there really wasn't anything terribly frightening about this film. No, in, in, so. in my opinion, um, sexual content wise, the only thing that I could really find were Stephen and Diana. Uh, sharing their first night together, but it isn't graphic in any way. You see uh, nothing. I mean, they go yeah. to the apartment and then they wake up the next morning in bed together. Both so, clothes. So yeah. it's like... Both clothes. I mean, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Your eight-year-old probably not going to know what's going on. Right, exactly. Um, or at least your eight-year-old better not know what's going on. It's 2021. And on the language basis, it's really similar, more so less than any DC film I've watched. Like, it really wasn't heavy on the language, yeah. I've noticed. Maybe, Agreed. I think, two or three S-words, and that was really the bulk Yeah, that of was it. it. No heavy hitters. Mm-mm. There was no heavy hitters language-wise in this one. No. Uh, which was nice to see. Yeah, and, and violence-wise, it's, just your, yeah. it's <laughs> just your run-of-the-mill superhero action movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just got punches thrown, a little bit of bloody noses here and there, but other than that. And just awesome fun. music to yeah. go along with it. Score was amazing, awesome. yeah. Um, so I wanted to add in this and I just got permission for this like 30 minutes ago and uh, we both thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, on these, I'm going to be asking three random people to give me a minimum age to watch this film. Um, and then whatever the three get, I'm going to average them together. Uh, subsequently all three gave me the same exact answer. And, uh, for me and Sledge agrees, um, we think we didn't minimum, ask Sarah. We didn't ask Sarah. Sarah. My opinion doesn't matter. Oh, it always does. <laughs> well, this is her first superhero movie she likes. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe uh, give you an occasion here. <laughs> yeah, you can probably just throw your two cents here on this. Uh, but uh, that the minimum age to be watching this film should be eight years old. Uh, we feel like that's probably a good maturity level for kids to watch this movie. Not saying that your younger kids couldn't watch it, but, you know, they might have a few things that you have problems with or whatnot. But. Yeah, that's what we here feel like yeah. should be the minimum age. Or maybe questions pop up that you don't want to answer. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. So. Uh, so that's it for Wonder Woman 1984. Sweet. I am going to throw up a show. Cool. Um, WandaVision just came out, and I got to watch the first two episodes. Don't worry, Pete, if you're listening. Don't worry, Justin. I'm not going to spoil right here. anything. I haven't and, watched oh, it yeah, either. And Micah hasn't watched it either. Um, so I don't even know if Sarah, you're going to, you, you actually like it, I think. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. WandaVision is the first of the new Marvel shows under Disney Plus um, that's come out. And it's, of course, it's about Vision and Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, um, Wanda Maximoff. Um, and it's a prelude to the new Doctor Strange movie, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be great because this is set up in multiverse. We're starting to see this come out in a lot of stuff. 
Um, if you haven't figured it out, those listening, uh, the new Spider-Man movie, come on. Fingers crossed. Oh, we're getting them all. It's going to, you know, the multiverse is coming. Um, so it kind of sets up after what happened in um, Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. and then before Doctor Strange, which is going to be kind of kickoff for the new Mo- Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Wanda and Vision are in an, what seems to be an alternate universe. Right. And they film the whole series like different decades of TV shows. They're sitcoms. And it's all built through the sitcoms. And the first two episodes was like a 1950s sitcom. I felt like I was watching like Old Pleasantville, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Or I Love Lucy. I felt, I mean, major I Love Lucy vibe, especially in that first episode. Um, I thought it was handled great. I mean, even the corny dialogues from back then, they nailed it. You know, <laughs> um, you got, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the neighbor characters you get. And then the, you know, everything's just perfect for a 50s sitcom. But then, they slowly release something's going wrong or mm-hmm. something's happening and through the first two episodes and it's I can't wait to see where it goes but so far super clean shows I mean just cool cleaner than you know what all in the family would be considered nowadays you know mm-hmm. what I mean like um, it's super clean um, so I think it's really really good so far two episodes in content wise for family I mean I- I'll let Gavin watch it you know he's six I mean yeah. he would get a kick out of it hopefully he'd enjoy some of the jokes the magic show that vision does um at the end of the second episode sorry pete spoiler alert um i'm not giving or micah i'm not telling you i don't give anything away about my mission it's a magic show uh, but it's hilarious it's absolutely hysterical uh you're going to find out that they don't say it but there is actually a way to get vision uh intoxicated i guess is the right word which makes for quite a hilarious scene and don't worry there's no alcohol or anything like that in the show at all so far it's just what you would consider somebody intoxicated is what happens to Vision, and it's uh, super funny. Um, great show. Um, I've so far two episodes in. I'm gonna recommend it. It's a, it's it's a good good fun show. I love the way they're doing it with the sitcoms. Um, I can't wait to see because how they move to the next decade and the next decade, mm-hmm. you know, the '60s and then the '70s. Yeah. They're gonna move through, you know, with each one uh, from from what you know we've seen in the trailers. That's and the genius. Like, oh, that's it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they can keep the dialogue and the tone changing uh-huh. with the visuals. It would be absolutely epic. So yeah. I, I, it's it's absolutely fun so far. I did. I felt like I was watching an old fifty show, man. And it was super, super. Like I was watching I Love Lucy, and it was absolutely wonderful. They definitely modeled a lot of the, these two episodes off from I Love Lucy, which was really really cool. cool so cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, check that out. It's gonna be that so far super family friendly, and it's Marvel superheroes. So that's better than anything else that's on Disney besides Mandalorian. So you might as well watch it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where you agree. With. Yes. <laughs> My wife doesn't know what to say. She's like, what? Um, so, yeah, yeah, anyway. So, um, of course, we'll have some more for you guys coming up soon. There's a lot of movies for us to go through. Oh. And obviously, we won't be able to hit every movie every time we do this or every TV show. Right. Um, but we're going to try and get the big ones. You know, I mean, everybody's going to go see Wonder Woman or everybody's going to see the next Star Wars or everyone's going to see the next Liam Neeson film or, you know, we're going to try and get all the big guys taken care of for you guys so you at least kind of know hey can I go see this or is this okay to take my family to right. um, and of course you know we'll just give you our opinion when we feel like hey would God be okay with us seeing this this is what we think and you take it and you run with it the way you want to right so right on oh and one other thing too I do want to mention Netflix has a new show that I've got to throw out there because I've binge watched <laughs> all 10 episodes in two days not going to lie Sweet Home just came out on the 19th of December it is a Korean show uh, dealing with an outbreak of not a virus, and spoiler alert, it actually is not a virus. 
Um, but monsters, people start turning into monsters. Um, and, and I love a good monster movie or monster show. You all know <laughs> me. I mean, I host the monster movie stomp down. Um, but people start turning into into monsters. But it's not a virus. It actually, the way they describe so far is it's desires. So huh. your your desires and greed is what turns you into these things. And it's interesting because you've got tons of monsters to the show. I mean, tons of people turn into monsters, but none of them look the same. Right. They're all different because it's all based off of whatever their desire is. And so it's made it very interesting. One of the monsters in it, uh, the guy, this guy had huge amounts of guilt mm-hmm. um, over the death of his son, who apparently, as they described in the show, or from what you get as they piece it together, um, died in a fire. And he was trying to run to save his son, but he wasn't fast enough to get his son out of the building. And so, like, his legs, and of course, he looks like he's a monster. He looks grotesque. His legs are, like, insanely muscular. And then he's got, like, extra bends in his knees. So he's super fast, like, flash fast. But then he's also on fire the whole time. So his monsters, he's turned into this thing because it's that was his greatest desire was to save his son because of that situation. And every monster's like that. Um, no language. Zero language the whole show. No nudity or sexual content the whole show. It is super, super awesome music, super intense. But what, what really drove me more than it just being a monster show was the characters. They, each character is so incredibly deep and there's so much character development that it's just unbelievable. Like it, it I just, I wanted to watch the next episode because I wanted to know more about that character or this character. And when a monster pops up, that was just like icing on the cake for me. <laughs> um, super great show. I don't know if you guys, I don't watch anything dubbed. I only watch things in the original language with, with subtitles. But if you want a crazy, intense little monster show that um, age-wise, I wouldn't 12 and under, I probably would say no. Right. Because when it comes to the intensity and the monster action, it is really intense. Right. Like it's, it gets pretty bloody. Um, but um, for 12 and up, totally would it be a go. There's going to be no language, no nudity, no sexual content, tons of action, tons of monsters, but tons of amazing human development and how humans would deal with that type of a crisis because you get it's all centered around a group of people who are stuck in an apartment complex or like you know or like a yeah big project um, and having to survive together with only so much food and everyone's different and anyone could turn into a monster at any time and the main character is one I mean he actually has is infected as they call it and he he's turning into a monster but he as he says in the trailer or in the show not all monsters harm humans because he's something different. He's something special. And I don't want to ruin it or spoil it, um, but great show. Definitely worth checking out, I think. That's probably, I mean, it was better than Stranger Things on all levels. Absolutely. Both of them. Y'all, I wish y'all could see this video. Like, the looks I just got from both. Me and Sarah yeah, just I gave him a Sarah death like, stare. They're like, what? You're a crazy. That's heresy, my friend. I'm telling <laughs> you. You check it out. It's nothing's better than old Dusty Bun singing. <laughs> uh, okay, that is pretty top of the line right there. Uh, but definitely no worth checking out. So, all right, guys. So, of course, next time we'll bring you some more movies, more shows. Uh, we may even jump into some video games or other forms of media oh, yeah. that we will make sure that you know. You know, hey, is it okay that my kids are watching this or that my family does or plays it or whatever? We'll yeah. let you know. Uh, but of course, now we're going to give you guys another song. And uh, this band I have been following for a many, 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 many years. This is none other than a disciple. So if you listen to Christian music or rock of any kind, uh, you know who this band is. Doesn't need an introduction. Uh, here's one of the best songs off the new record. It's called Best Thing Ever.
that was Disciple with Best Thing Ever. Those dudes, I will tell you what, when it comes to, I mean, I'm not saying this about any, you know, other Christian rock bands. I mean, there's great Christian rock bands out there like Skillet. I I personally am not a big fan of Skillet as far as the music. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not my cup of tea. But I love John Cooper. Like, I love that dude. I watch, you know, do his podcast, the Cooper, Cooper stuff and his 10-minute talks. Um, but when it comes to Christian bands, there's something about Disciple where you just feel the anointing from that band through the speaker more so than anybody else. And of course I've been on the road with them been around those dudes. Um, the, and, um, Kevin is just, he's awesome. Um, but I, I love that band. You can just feel the anointing on almost every song of theirs. So super, super good. All right. So we told you earlier, we were going to talk to you about how to deal with as a Christian, what's going on. We are, especially here in America, we are seeing things and times like we've never seen before. And how are we supposed to feel about this? You know, I mean, there's there's temperatures flaring, man. There's I mean, people being cancel cultured, you know, canceled out. And how are we supposed to feel about this? And as a Christian, you know, you're, you may, you're told you're, you may be against abortion and all these different subjects that we'll get through, go into in other episodes. Um, how do you deal about it? How do you, how, how, how are we supposed to handle this? You know what I mean? Because are we supposed to be afraid? Like, are they going to come after Christians next? Since they're already starting on some conservatives as far as silencing them. What are we supposed to do? There's so much going on so fast that I've talked to so many people that it's like they're stressed. They're scared even, you know, and like, what are we supposed to do? How do we handle that? And Mike, originally you were doing the devotional section or we're at the deep dive section of the yeah. show now. Um, and yesterday, I messaged you because I felt like God was just pinging me going, text Micah about the devotion. Yeah. And then you had prayed about it and said, no, I think you need to lead it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm glad God told me to ping, you. <laughs> you ping me to let me know because I need to figure something out. And and sitting down last night in, in the, the nerd vault, um, praying and, you know, kind of quickly going through some devotionals going, God, what do, what do you, what do I, what do you want me to talk about? What's the devotion? Yeah. And and I stopped on Matthew 6, 6. Uh, Matthew 6, 6 is when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay. And God's like, that's it. It's, I want you to tell them about the mid bar. Do y'all know what the mid bar is? My co-hosts? No. Mid bar. Of course, they got little notes here. So they can do that. <laughs> I'll try to be professional. Um, and for those listening, mid bar. 
If you've never heard the word, you have heard the word, you just may not know it. Midbar is the wilderness. Midbar is a Hebrew word uh, that meant the wilderness, and it actually comes from a root word, devar, which means to speak. Um, and I thought this was huge because we're in a wilderness right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're this, this craziness on our own. And, and sometimes when you think of a wilderness, you sometimes think, and this was something I was going through, it is, is you think of that's somewhere where God takes you to be alone because that's, that's what he really does. That's what Midbar is, is, is there's no distractions there. Yeah. But what's the first thing Jesus did after John baptized him? Went to the forest, went to the wilderness. Went to the wilderness. But was it silent? Was he alone? No. The devil was there tempting him for 40 days. But God, but Jesus went out there because God spoke to him out there. And he spoke back to the devil, which is awesome. But 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 the midbar is it, it's big and it's important. You know, there's been so many examples um through the Bible of people going and God speaking, because I mean that's what Devar means. Midbar comes from the word Devar, which in Hebrew means to speak. So, I mean, the wilderness is the midbar. Midbar is Devar. Devar is to speak. That's what God does is he takes us to the wilderness to speak to us. God spoke to Moses. We're at in the wilderness through a burning bush. God spoke to Elijah. We're at in the wilderness in a whisper in a cave. The word of God came to John the Baptist. We're at in the desert. So God definitely speaks to us in the wilderness. And, you know, he took the children of Israel, Israel to wilderness. And obviously that's where we got the Ten Commandments. Um, and so, I mean, the wilderness is where God speaks to us. And I was like, okay, well, so what's the correlation there? You know, I mean, if you speak to us in the wilderness and we're going to chaos, you know, but in Matthew 6, you know, you tell us to kind of to get into our secret place. And this is what, you know, God told me is, is the, the wilderness is your secret place. Right. And when you look at Jesus, Jesus, how many times did he go by himself in the wilderness to pray? Not just the 40 days. Yeah. You know, I mean, constantly before they went on the boat and, and had to deal with the first storm, he went up on the mountain and prayed by himself. You, you constantly see throughout the scripture, Matthew 14, 23, Mark 1, 35, Luke 4, where Jesus would go alone and pray in the wilderness because that's the midbar. That's where God speaks to us. Right. You know what I mean? And, and he rewards us. So when you go into your room, when you go into your midbar, close the door and pray, God's going to hear you and God's going to reward you. Does that mean, I was like, okay, what are you going to reward us with? That's all right. I get $50 because I prayed today. <laughs> no. That reward is an answer. That reward may not be an answer. It just may be peace. Peace. Yeah. Maybe that fellowship with God that we need. And I think that's so important right now that because there's so many distractions going on that we're distracted from God. Are we spending time with him? Are we listening to him? And that's the whole point of the midbar. That's the whole point of the wilderness is, is there's no distractions. Yeah. And you need to get in that secret place because when you do that, God's going to answer. He's going to communicate with you. He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you strength. And right now, more than anything, that's what we need. Yeah. As a, especially as a Christian. And, and, you know, is to go through what we're dealing with as we turn on the TV and see what's happening on the news or we go down to the, you know, Walmart and overhear somebody conversing on what happened down the road, you know, with all the chaos, you know, people are protesting or people are doing this or it's happening everywhere. And not just what's happening there. I mean, we're still, I mean, kids going missing and, and yeah. people dying in car wrecks. I mean, just the normal stuff. Unfortunately, that's normal here in America to have everything else thrown on top of it. Yeah. There's so many distractions and not just the bad things. 
work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's hard. That's something that, that I deal with is I work two jobs and Mondays and Tuesdays drive me nuts because I feel like I get no time with God, no time with my family because I work 9 a.m. to what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. You know, and, and that, that can be a distraction, you know, keeping yourself busy or, or finding a million things to do. Um, there, it's not just what you see on the news. It could be things you're doing in your personal life or have going on in your personal life. Yeah. And we've got to get away from those distractions. We have to get to our midbar so that we are spending time with God. Because if we're not, we're not going to be able to handle what no, we're yeah. seeing. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Anything you guys want to add to that? You... No, I think you're pretty dead on. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay, so there's the shortest devotion of all time. <laughs> hey, that's what it is. Um, I mean, but, but it, I mean, it, it's true. I want to make sure yeah, that you guys no. take home that little bit of tidbit. Is is are are you spending time in your mid bar? Are you there? Are you at your secret place? Yeah. Because I mean, again, the root word for mid bar is devar, and that's to speak. Mm-hmm. God took Moses. God took Elijah. God took Jesus, John the Baptist, and spoke to them all in the wilderness. Because there's no distractions, and we right. need to be make sure that that's what we're doing. Is it's and it's hard, man. It's hard. And my wife's just kind of smiling at me here. I don't know why. Um, because it's kind of like, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, for me saying that, uh, is kind of uh, what it is kind of funny, actually, because I don't know anybody on this planet that stays as busy as I, <laughs> as I do. Um, I'm the type of guy that's like, you know, like last night we're sitting, um, or we get done working. And I'm like, I told Sarah on some long lines, like, okay, I need to do this or, you know, the table down here that we use for the podcast. Right. I got some new comic books and um, I use this table to put my heat press on and I need to press a couple books. And I was telling her last night, she's like, well, do you have to do that tonight? I'm like, well, no. She's like, well, just enjoy the night. Just relax. I don't know how to do that. He you doesn't know? know what that means. No, because I'm like, okay. You know, and I was like, you're right. You're right. I need to relax. What I end up doing, spending like an hour on the computer working on things, <laughs> you know, to get stuff done. You know, I end up doing the you know, the the uh, logo for the show and everything. So I've constantly have to be going. I have to constantly be doing something. If I'm not being productive, literally twenty four seven, like I even feel like if I'm not productive mentally while I'm sleeping, I'm I'm failing at life. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's and that's a that's a fault of my own. Um, so for me, coming from me, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yo, I know what it is. What? It's ADHD. No, <laughs> it wasn't real when I was a kid, so it didn't get me. Um, but I mean, you know, my life is full of distractions uh, because, especially for me, because I I keep myself so busy, right? Um, and I'm telling you, um, I make sure every day, uh, you know, eight thirty to nine o'clock. Even if even if you get five minutes, you you don't have to be thirty minutes. I get jealous. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna lie of our pastor because he's full-time ministry. And he'd be like, you know, I spend this many hours in the Word, this many hours praying. I'm like, man, I would love to do that. <laughs> like, but I got to go work. And like, this sucks. I wish I could do that, you know. But, and sometimes I get jealous. I'm like, man, I, how awesome would that be to be able to do that? You know, I would love to be able to do that all the time. And, and you shouldn't feel bad for that if you can't, because we do have to work and God understands and knows. And you may not be able to spend an hour. You may not be able to spend a half hour. You know, even if it's just a minute, get you a three minute devotional book, you know, or five minutes, just make sure you get to your mid bar and get away from the distractions. No phone, no, well, okay. Let me, no social media. Cause I I, I was gonna say, (laughs) I have my phone with me during my 30 minutes of time in the mornings. But I'm playing worship music oh, yeah. softly in the background. You know what I mean? Um, so 
if you have a phone, use it wisely during that time. You know what I mean? Because, well, some people use their phones for devotional things as well, too. So forget my whole no phone deal. Um, don't use it as a distraction. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> don't let it be a distraction. If it is, get it out of there. Uh, but even if it's just five minutes a day, get away from everything. Get away from the distractions of what the world's going to, you know I mean? And I think to me, and everyone's going to be different, but that 8.30 in the morning time, you know, I get up, get the kids ready for school, and then I, you know, I come downstairs, and then it's 30 minutes, me and God, before the day really starts. Because I know once the day starts, man, it's not going to stop. I'm going to see news articles. I'm going to have people calling in to work with problems. I'm going to have, you know, issues going on wherever. Right. So before I get into any of that, before I step out that front door, I spend that time with God. Yeah. And, and you guys, and I just, I'm not, I, I'm not just encouraging you. I'm telling you, do it. You know, spend, <laughs> you need that time because um, it's important. And if it wasn't important, why would have God waited to talk to Moses, in the, you know, or Elijah or Jesus or John? Why would he do it in the desert? You know, that mid bar and that secret place is, is important. And he tells, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 6, that you're, when your father who sees what you've done in secret, when you've gone and you've prayed, you spent that time with him, he's going to reward you. He's going to give you that answer for that prayer. He's going to give you that peace that you need in the troubled times. He's going to give you that strength to handle the situation. Um, so do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you guys got a little bit out of that. Uh, you know, take at the heart, definitely. Again, the scripture for that is Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Remember, the wilderness, that's your mid-bar. That's where God speaks to you. God spoke to Moses, John, Elijah, and Jesus in the wilderness, in their mid-bars, in their secret place. And right now, with all everything that's going on, we need that time with God. We need that time in our secret place to be able to, to be rewarded by our Father. So, Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We got one more song to throw at you guys, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. And I'm a little partial to these dudes because they're my former brothers. I love them to death. Uh, this is The Protest with their newest single, Greater.
protest with greater and man we hope you guys have enjoyed this first show um uh, hopefully you give us some feedback on the facebook page and of course we're going to put in the links and description on the youtube channel and the facebook page all the songs mm-hmm. um the scriptures for today's show as well um and of course you know if you guys ever want links for the news let us know and we'll put them in there as well but that we're not going to normally because right. you can find that anywhere um but hope you guys enjoy it again next time. We'll bring more news at you, more entertainment, and then another deep dive devotion with you. We'll see you the next time. This is Sludge. This is Micah. This is Sarah. Remember, transformation by renewal. Have a good night. As long as someone listens, I don't care who's my name. I don't-